0: Enjoy the show. Welcome to today's episode. And today we're going to talk about the benefits of starting your art journey later in life. But before we get on to that, we want to say a big thank you to our latest Kofi supporters. And actually, we've got quite a long list here because um, we've been doing a few interviews recently. So I think how many is it about three in a row. So we're yeah, kind of like that. reading out three episodes worth. <laughs> but we've got Katie and Gabriella. And Peter, Peter says, cheese, but I think he must mean cheers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Cheryl Oz, she says, I haven't felt like I was part of an art community like this since art school 23 years ago. Thank you both for inspiring and thought-provoking topics. You both feel like old friends and I just love listening. Less of the old though, please. (laughs) Um, Art by Jackie P. Uh, Rick Favour, he says, you ladies are the highlight to my work day. I've been enjoying listening while I work. Um, Alexi Craft, thank you for spreading creativity. And Jane Parker, thanks for helping to inspire and motivate me. And I've also got Joanna Brown. Thank you, Joanna. Eve Bluefoot, thank you so much, so much for your
1: support, she says. Eve call simpson she says, thank you for your fantastic Facebook group and for all your encouragement on our creative journeys. Got Dare, and he says, thanks for the kicks and giggles. Marsha Furman, Valeria, Karen Taylor. She says, Thank you for all you do in the creative community. And we really do appreciate that support you give us. Not only does it help us cover the running costs of Kicking Me Creatives, which you know does cost for our hosting and things like that, but it also shows that you like what we do. So thank you very much. Uh, and also actually, just while we're there, I've got a podcast review. We will get on to the actual topic soon. So the podcast review... Since set... when have we ever got onto a topic yeah. soon? No, okay. <laughs> I, I've got one here, and this is from The Floating Artist, and it's via Apple Podcasts Canada. And it says, fun, informative. And it's a five-star. It says, inspirational and very entertaining. I love the art tips, interviews, and Sandra Santara's banter. Warning, listening in public may lead to bouts of giggling out loud on the bus. Yeah. <laughs> They're unpretentious and a little bit cheeky. Well worth a listen, whether you want to develop a creative habit or an experienced creative.
0: Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. We love re- we love the reviews, don't we? It's really yeah. nice. Do you know what? You know, sometimes I think you've said to me in the past, haven't you? You've printed you've printed things like that out, haven't you? And yeah, put they're them all on, on my notice board in front of me. Yeah, I need to do that. I think you do. And then
1: when you're feeling a little bit you just look at me and think, oh, somebody likes me.
0: somebody yeah (laughs) anyway we also want to say thank you to everyone who's been sharing their work with us on social uh, social media so um i have been loving the work of sophie knight she did the miniature may challenge and i know that's not this month but we haven't had a chance to talk about may have we because we've been doing the interviews, so um I, um obviously, I'm sort of going back a bit, but I really loved her stuff. She did loads of tiny little acrylic paintings on mini canvases. I think they were something like six and a half centimetres square or something like that. And they were all really good. I don't think there was one subject she didn't cover. Did you see those? Yeah, and she was doing little ti- time
1: lapses. Did you say that?
0: I saw some of them. They're so good. Yeah. So good. She did like, I think one of them was like a little red telephone box or something like that and then she did some marbles which obviously i'm gonna love because i love painting marbles myself and it's just like all sorts of different things one was a close-up of um some newspapers and oh it was really really good i really enjoyed those Um, But on to June, though. Andy W. Art, he's been doing the Quick Kick June Challenge, which is drawing a cartoon every day. And they've been really, really good, worthy of any newspaper cartoon column, I think. And they've been referencing the pandemic. Well, at least the ones I've seen uh, have been. Um, But in a really kind of amusing way, if that's possible. (laughs) So, Andy, I think you could submit your cartoons to a newspaper, actually, because you never know. (laughs) Yeah, go for it. Yeah, definitely. I I really do think they are that good. Um, Also, Melissa Starkweather, she's also been doing the Quick Kick June, and she's been doing some really fun and quirky faces, which I've really enjoyed. And also, Roving Jay, she's been doing some really amusing cartoons for the Quick Kick June challenge as well. It's been a real um, popular challenge, hasn't it, this month? and uh she she's given her lammy pens a little personality all of their own so what she's been doing she's been drawing them in all sorts of amusing scenarios um yeah they've been really really good fun have you seen those i've been slightly absent as you know
1: for the last week or so so i think i've missed a lot of those
0: yeah yeah well we'll talk about that in a minute (laughs) (laughs) but um Have you you
1: finished with yours? Uh, Yes, I have. Yeah. yeah. Well, I I didn't want to mention stuff in the group. I thought this time I wanted to talk about the Facetastic Fridays. Because if you haven't heard, we've got this challenge that we do now every Friday on Instagram called Facetastic Friday. And all we do is post up a picture of a different face each week and ask you to draw it or paint it or you can make something in clay or whatever you like. But what is great is seeing the same face come back created so many different ways and i'm just loving seeing all the different interpretations from like really realistic to cartoony to kind of crazy mixed media type stuff Um, and i've really liked some especially by michael beckett he's been doing some fantastic ones and i'm absolutely loving the double page spreads by kd i always love kd's spreads anyway She, she makes these beautiful pages so not only are the drawings really nice but the actual way she lays them out is just fantastic and she's been including some of the faces on those so
0: yeah that they are my favorite things i think oh brilliant yeah that's been s- uh, such a popular char- challenge from the
1: offset really wasn't it yeah and i think it's nice because it's one of those things where you haven't got this big commitment it's just on a friday so and then you have to do it before the uh, the next wednesday although we have let people off when yeah. they've done it late so, uh, yeah, so it's definitely worth having a have a little go on that one. OK, so what is new with you?
0: Well, I finished my latest painting, which I've been talking about for so long, and um, the one of two Coke bottles so if you want to see that it's on my Instagram page at sandra.busby which I named pop art and in fact it's actually being collected today I wrapped it um, yesterday and it's always the weirdest feeling when you wrap a piece of art that you've been working on for so long because you know that you're probably never going to see that painting again in the flesh you're only ever going to see the the photographs of it but luckily I do have a professional photograph of it now so in time I'll get some limited edition prints um done but it's always nice to know I've got a really good photo uh, of something before I let it go but yeah it's a real um it's just been this big blast of color in my studio for so long and it's it it looks empty now because it's just in a box waiting for the the um shipping company to come and collect it today <laughs> oh, I, was like, I was wondering if they're going to pick it up themselves but they're not, it's no, not someone no, local. no 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 um th- this um, person's in wales and oh, right. generally speaking my my work tends to go to america nearly all the time or canada or um europe so it's just like i was beginning to think oh no one in the uk likes my stuff <laughs> <laughs> well, I think so, it's good because you can call yourself international yeah an international um, artist yes yeah. yeah um so yeah that's it's it's bittersweet because it's a painting I I really actually well you know I really liked it and I thought ah. Oh, Oh, i will be sad to see that one go. But anyway, it's great. It's great that it's going to someone who's been so excited. I mean, I've been getting messages left, right, and centre saying, you know, oh, what, you know, can I have some progress pictures? So they've been really excited to have it, and that's always really nice to know. So yeah, it's nice. But um, can I just put your brains on this one? Oh, right, you can is, have a go. It is what time yeah. is it? Oh, um, half eight in the morning. Yeah. Mm. Now this <laughs>
1: this is something that's nothing to do with the podcast and I'm going a bit off track. But there we go. So Already. I know that you get these pictures photographed to make a limited edition print out of yeah but you sign it
0: afterwards don't you yeah so i'll get the photograph taken before i sign the painting yeah right. i mean it's not the end of the world because they can photoshop it out but if you're going if you're signing over any kind of detailed area that's harder for them so it's always better to do that and also if if you are a painter if you do want to get photographs taken don't ever varnish it before you um, get it photographed because then it's that's again that's really hard for them because they've got a glare. I mean, I don't <laughs> varnish my paintings as a rule anyway because you don't really. I don't really need to on on my paintings. Um, uh, really, what I meant was, did you do you do that so you can then sign limited editions? Yes. As the, well, no, I don't do that because of that. I just do oh. that because it's easier for them to photograph oh, right. it, <laughs> <laughs> That's why I thought it was. I thought you must leave it so you could hand sign the limited editions or something like I that. I do hand sign the, the limited editions. But, but on, on the, the back? The, no, I sign them. So when I have them printed out, they have like a border. Right. Uh, like a white border around the edge and then the bottom border is, is slightly wider than the other you know the rest and then I sign under there. Oh okay. And that's a, that's the bit I absolutely hate. I hate signing limited edition prints because you know it's it's like when you're writing yeah yeah it's absolutely fine you just write it comes completely naturally but the second you know that you need to write something really neatly or somebody's watching you over your shoulder and you've got to sign something really well yeah you're scared of mucking it up aren't you you're scared of mucking it up and the trouble is as well when you sign on that paper because it's kind of like it's an etching paper um it's it's got a slight very slight tooth not that you'd sort of see it but you it is there so when you sign it you can't rub it out it's there forever really yeah so you've got, once you've signed it, you've signed it, so if you sign it and it and it' um goes wrong, <laughs> you' ruined a whole print, yeah, so it's an expensive mistake, but oh, yes, anyway, back to um what I was gonna say before yeah, you. Yeah, sorry, I'll show you <laughs> that's all right, so yeah, well, you're going to need to know all this because you're gonna, you're getting prints done, aren't you, if you so? yeah, but i just I just signed mine already, and then I
1: scanned them in, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, anyway, so um, I've obviously got to start a new series of paintings, and I've got a series in the pipeline because um, I told you this, didn't I, Tara? Yeah, you did, Weirdly, yeah. this is—I don't know, I don't quite know how this person got hold of me because, well, they they contacted me actually through my website, so I got like the cog- somebody obviously filled out the contact form and um, and said oh, we really like your your paintings your wine bottle paintings so we were wondering if you'd be interested in doing an uh, exhibition in our um, vineyard um, they've got like a winery there and whatnot and I might obviously my um, I was going to say my ears pricked up I couldn't actually hear it but my eyes pricked up <laughs> I was like oh that would be really interesting because you know when you finish something I mean obviously you've always got your series on the go but when I finish a painting I always feel that little bit Empty until I know what's coming next, and um, straight away I was like, Oh, yeah, I'd love to do some more wine bottles, so that would be a real good thing to get my teeth into. So, uh, yeah, so I thought, Yeah, I'm gonna get back to this person. Turns out that this, um, this uh, vineyard is 10 minute drive from my house, <laughs> it's really strange. And have so you been to have a look? He basically said, Um, come and meet me, have a um a little look around at the space and we'll go from there so I went down there met him oh you've already been you haven't told me this bit oh no when I thought I'd save something for the podcast (laughs) actually it was only at the weekend it's only just this weekend just gone that I went down so um it's kind of like he's got this like almost lodge thing where you know you can hang your artwork and he's sort of thinking of, of doing a wine slash art exhibition so it worked for the both of us really wine and cheese and and art all goes together so um yeah so that's exciting and there but then he said how soon can you can you do what I was oh like well God. I've only got one painting at the moment of wines because everything else is sort of sold so I'm gonna have to get a body of wine paintings together I think um but that's great because I said to him look you know I'll try my best to get enough paintings together for the end of the year if not early um next year perhaps spring
1: have you got photos taken of the other wine bottles before you sold them? Yes. Oh, that's good then. So you could do limited editions to, as well.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I never um, used to take, have professional photographs taken of my stuff. And then I learned when people started saying, oh, is that one for sale? No, it's not. But and they, they're they like, oh, have you got any prints? No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I haven't photographed them. Or I have, but I've photographed them on my iPhone. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So... I've I've learned now that I need to have a proper record of paintings before I let them go so yeah so that's what I'm getting my teeth into next um really just trying to get some stuff um prepared for an exhibition and it would be my first solo one actually I've done exhibitions before but I've never actually done a solo one so can you imagine the fear oh yes I was scared you'll be fine you'll have a few wines won't you did you tell him I don't, him, I don't one... like wine? I'll have a beer, please. <gasps> I know. I'll be the only one in there drinking beer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, what I actually said to him is obviously I'm going to have to do a lot of research um, by way of tasting the wine before I, before I paint it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. You do like some
1: wines, I don't think oh, so. Yeah. Right. Uh,
0: yeah. yeah I, occasionally. But I, do you know what I've realised I think it is? I think when you drink wine... It, a lot of it depends on where you are who you're with the situation you're in if you're sitting on a balcony in sunset with spanish guitar playing behind you and on a holiday or something you'll you'll think oh i love that wine oh this is lovely you drink that at home it'll taste completely different you'll go this isn't how i remembered it i've no i've realized that i think wine is about a lot about where you where you are at the time as to whether you enjoy it or not. In my I case, anyway. I think a lot of things are like that, aren't they? Do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose you're right actually, because not to go off topic or anything, but let's talk about taste buds. <laughs> so <laughs> when you were a kid, yeah. I remember loving cream soda. Do oh, you you've talked
1: about this bloody cream soda before. Oh, I used to love it. Have I? What, on a podcast.
0: Yeah. yeah. God, that must have been ancient, podcast. it was an ancient one, yeah. Well, you know, this is how much it's affected my life. I'm still talking about it. So, um, a little while back, it sort of came back, didn't it? On the shelves, it was. I don't know whether it was sometimes they do that, don't I? I always remember seeing dandelion and burdock on the shelves for a while, I was thinking, Really, my god, that was I hated that as a kid, but anyway, um, it tasted like germaline. Do you remember germoline? <laughs> Oh, or the smell heat. of it yeah. yeah that's what dandelion and burdock yeah. tastes like to me and um anyway so uh yeah I tasted I thought I've got to have some of that I used to love that when I was a kid I, I bought some and I had a little sip and it was like licking a sugar bowl it was disgusting
1: yeah it's mega yeah, sweet yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: it really is anyway um back to art back I suppose I it <laughs> One other thing that I wanted to mention. This is long. This, is this it about is ice be... cream soda? It's not no. that again, is it? No, 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 no. <laughs> so um, going back to what's new, and yeah. it is going back a bit, actually, because, again, we've been doing these interviews, so it's taken us a, a, a while. This is why we've got lists and lists. I've got a scroll here in front of me. What's new? <laughs> <Of course. laughs> so um, for a while, uh, we have been testing Instagram reels, haven't we? Yeah. We, I can't remember how long we set ourselves. Was it three weeks or something we did? I think it was two weeks. All right. And we set ourselves a little challenge of um, testing out Instagram reels. And we'd actually interviewed Angela Earhart. Um, and I have pronounced that right, haven't I? Yeah, I think so. I was yeah. And um, she was talking about Instagram reels and I was looking at hers. Oh, she does amazing reels. And so we said, let's challenge ourselves to do some reels. You were already toying with them or already, weren't you? And you were kind of saying, Sandra, you really need to do this. Yeah. So we did it for two weeks and we were, what our challenge was, was to do a reel every day for two weeks and, um, you know, and see what the reaction was. And I'm not sure I'm any the wiser.
1: <laughs> no, I know. It was bizarre, <laughs> After isn't it? that,
0: I wasn't sure whether they work or
1: not. It was really fun. Well, we just it's... tell people what a reel is first. And what, what a reel is, is a portrait. So you basically use your phone or something similar. You shoot in portrait mode and they can be up to 30 seconds. Mm. And supposedly, Instagram were giving them a little bit of preferential treatment because they like video and it was a fairly new feature. So hence why we were testing them out. It's kind of like the
0: TikTok, but Instagram yes. TikTok, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Anyway, so it was really strange because I'd get, you know, maybe one reel would get, I don't know, 1,500 views and another one would get 39. I don't know. It was really weird. And and it, it, it didn't seem to matter whether I did the same time, the same kind of video. It, it was just really weird. I yeah so I don't I just don't know if it works I don't know but I did learn how to do a reel so there you go What I would say about them is is I've had
1: similar experience. So I've posted some and you get nearly 2,000 views on it. And then I'll post another one and like, yeah, you'll get 40. And you mm. think, I don't understand why that's happened.
0: Especially when you put like three hours into making a 30 yeah. second reel.
1: <laughs> so the only thing I would say is I think it do, do, does increase your number of followers. Because I would definitely say doing those increase the amount of people have followed me. Because I think what... what happens is that people who wouldn't
0: normally see your stuff are seeing it Mm. more. See, I I, I don't know if I got... I think I might have got nine more followers, but I don't know whether that was through the Reels or not. Well,
1: I did also follow follow people because I find people through Reels as well. You know, I I like their work. So, I don't know. Anyway, let's move on to what is new with you. Well, obviously, I was doing the Instagram Reels with you. Yeah. So... um, also, I've started a course to try and learn how to sell my art. So it would be interesting to see how that goes. And I'm not saying which course it is at the moment because I want to see, does it actually help me? And and what I am finding is I'm, I'm struggling on, on one real thing on there. Um, and I'm hoping I can't get a bit of a breakthrough. Now, if anybody's got an idea, you're very welcome to give them. And that is, who is my market? Because I think if you sell certain things, you know who your market are. So if you sell pet portraits, pet owners are your market. <laughs> so you can just go into like forums and magazine, magazines that sell pet stuff, and you know write for them and go into uh, pet forums, pet Facebook groups, and that's where your market. You can start chatting to people in there, can't you? Um, yeah. But when you sell, well, when you want to sell weird faces. Who is your market? It's so like, yeah, I, yeah. Um, so, I'm. That is my big struggle at the moment, working that one out because I don't I know. Think f-
0: portraits are the hardest thing to sell in that way because you, if you draw, if you're drawing a portrait, then it is of a specific person. But mine aren't so necessarily
1: of a specific person.
0: Not n- no, but it yeah. usually it is. If you're looking at a general, you know, and so really you've got that one possible buyer. Do you know what I mean? Yours yeah, are obviously completely different because they're very, they're, they're not, a like you say, a specific person. Yeah. I mean, they but could they be. Could I mean, be. They, could, they could be. Yeah. Mm. I
1: mean, and So I was trying to think, who is my market? And I was trying to think, is it kind of, would these people be like entrepreneurs? Would they be podcasters? Would they be, are they a little bit eccentric? You know, mm. kind of entertainer type people? And uh, I haven't worked that out yet. Anyway, so that is work in progress, but yeah. um, definitely interesting. I've, I've rewritten my about page on the basis of doing that. So, yeah. uh, and that was quite fun to do, actually. Apart from that, uh, it's been a bit of a crazy couple of weeks, really. We lost our dog, as you know, a yeah. 13 uh, year old lamb, which was really horrible. And uh, so I haven't been making much art because he, he was ill and then. Crazily, we we decided that we were going to get a, a dog fairly soon after Woods, and this time we wanted a puppy because our other dog was a rescue, and we had a lot of problems with him. So we thought we'd get a puppy. We, we didn't really expect to get one so soon, but we decided to go and have a look, and now we've ended up ended up with this little mad crocodile that <laughs> <laughs> basically <laughs> bites, bites everything. it's incredibly cute, but oh my god, so tiring. So yeah, I
0: haven't made any art for about two weeks, I don't think. So, it's so uh, funny, it's so funny because you, you told me when um, you, you'd lost Diesel and I was, you know, I felt heartbroken for you. But then when you said, we're looking at puppies, I thought, oh dear, oh dear. <laughs> I don't think she realises <laughs> how no, much we, hard work we, a puppy is.
1: <laughs> well, the reason we got our previous dog, we got him as a rescue and he was yeah. one was because we didn't want a puppy.
0: Yeah, because made we did our hard wanna, work,
1: we didn't want to go through that, but mm. because he came with because he had like nervous aggression, always brilliant with us, but yeah, a lot, lot of problems, and so we thought we're gonna mess our own dog up this time, you know. <laughs> 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 so, um, no, hopefully not, obviously, but um, yeah, so we wanted to at least try and give a dog the best start we thought we could, sort of thing. yeah, so. Yeah, but my God he's so full on. And so and obviously we're having to g- get up in the because he needs to go out. So yeah. it's very tiring. It's probably yeah. like
0: having a baby. <laughs> it really that that's the thing, it really is. It's um I remember it well and I remember the first year being almost like having a toddler. Oh, it's don't like say yeah. when you have a baby, you know, basically all they do is sleep and eat and yeah. poo <laughs> yeah but it's it's like having a baby but this thing can run around straight away <laughs> yeah. and it has no idea what the rules are what kills it or what it's allowed to eat it's just uh, uh, yeah really hard work yeah. so it's been actually from my point of view it's been really quite amusing oh, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> thanks. it's been like oh I wonder how Tara is today and I know and I know how much it's affected you because I'm I'm doing a lot of things at the moment I'm like I, I, Tara's not going to have time to do this. I'm going to have to do this. Yeah. <laughs> I, already, I already know. <laughs>
1: you have been answering emails that I would normally answer and stuff like that, haven't you?
0: Yeah, I've been having to do a bit of more techie stuff and try and understand yeah. techie stuff. What, techie stuff? Like answering an email? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you think perhaps we should get onto the episode now? Maybe we should. Let's yeah. get onto the episode. So, today we are talking about the benefits of starting your art journey later in life and I think a lot of people anywhere past their 30s do you reckon about that um think they've left it too late to ever be able to get any good at it at all but that's really not true and in fact it doesn't matter how old you are age just doesn't really come into it it's all about pencil miles and how much time you can put into it and I think that is the first of many positive things on the list of starting your art journey later in life because generally you have more time. So for one thing, your kids, if you've got any, have either left home or they're old enough to, to look after themselves while you work on your art. And trying to paint when you've got young children around, believe me, I've tried, it is doable, but it is really difficult. You can't just leave your art materials around so you can jump in at any moment and you can't always get enough time to get in the zone before they need something. But when they're older, everything changes. A bit like your puppy, Tara. You can do your own thing. You don't have to worry about them. You can leave your paints out. You can't can leave s- my paints out with a puppy, can I? No. You can't no. with young children either. No. <laughs> and you can switch off for as long as you need to. They just do their own thing. It's like, you know, Sherlock, my dog, is now laying in the other room with his legs in the air. You know, you can't hear him. <laughs> That's how like you'd normally lie, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> While I'm doing my podcast, yeah. you mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The other thing about it is when you don't have any um, children to support financially, you might even be able to afford a bit of outside help. And Tara, I know that you do have someone who does your ironing for you, don't you? Not not anymore. Not at the moment, no. Oh, really? Oh, because of COVID.
1: Yeah, we didn't because of COVID, yeah.
0: Yeah, but usually you do, yeah. don't you? Yeah. And I've now got a lady who comes over once a fortnight, and she just does three hours, and she does some cleaning for me. And I'm oh, that has been such a godsend, because you know I just have it have to give it a once over now in between, and that gives me more time in the studio. And that that's something that comes with age, doesn't it? You do. You can do more things like that. So yeah, time. You definitely have more time. I'm always thinking how you were saying actually about pencil
1: miles and you become good by pencil miles. yeah but that is not necessarily the case. So you could be older and you could just start doing something and it's amazing the sort of stuff that sells. Sometimes there isn't a lot of pencil miles in some of that stuff mm, so I don't even don't even think you necessarily have to put in a lot of pencil miles when you're older. It's it, sometimes it's just luck and the type of style you do I think. Yeah and how much marketing you speak you can put behind it
0: yeah that's true
1: um, also if you're older you might be retired again that gives you more time doesn't it or i think i think not always but you do, do tend to work less you may be like when i was younger i can remember having to do a lot of overtime um, yeah. i work at some companies and i remember even being some of them till, till midnight trying oh, to get God. a graphic design job out. That was rare, but, you know, I'd often be there till seven, you know, in one of the jobs. Um, and hopefully that diminishes when you're older or you decide you just do not want to put those silly hours in anymore. You're not necessarily trying to climb the ladder like you were when you were younger. Mm. And um, you know, like you said, you are not if you're not supporting kids anymore, you might finish paying your mortgage, I know. I love when we finish paying our mortgage. We paid it off a, a few years ago, and then you've got more expendable income for you know buying materials and courses. And theoretically, when you get older, you also might be more patient. Now I say theoretically because <laughs> I don't think I am.
0: <laughs> but wait, hang on, let's just just mention we're still spring chickens, right? Oh, that's true. Yeah. So we're only 10 half years. a century old. Yeah, no, a
1: half plus one. Yeah. So, do you think maybe in another ten years I'll be more patient? No, no. I think but... it's
0: about the person. <laughs> but, but
1: but some people may be more patient. Yeah. I I think it goes one of two ways. I think that as you get older, you either get more patient, in which case that's you're more patient with your art as well, or you get so you're like I'm not putting up with that anymore. Which probably also gives you more time in that sense because you're like, I'm not putting up with doing that rubbish. Mm. I don't know about you. Are you more patient? Um,
0: well, I still work, um, so uh, no. <laughs> no, you wrote this one. Yeah. Well, uh, no, but I do think I do think generally you do become more patient when you're older. I do. Uh, I'm more patient, like w- say, um. I do still work but I don't I don't work for like full-time hours like every, a lot of other people. I don't work sort of like 9 to 5 Monday to Friday or anything like that, but I am more patient with myself. Do you know what I mean? To learn things, to learn know? things. I'm like yeah. oh, hang that on that a makes sense. Yes, I'm yeah.
1: probably like that as well.
0: Yeah. I, I think you do get more chill. you just get more chilled, don't you? And you're like, "Oh, come on, it's not the end of the world if you don't get this right first time. Does it really matter?" No when you're younger you you're desperate to have everything and get everything right now and be good at everything right now and when you're older you realize that that's not how it's just not life how life is is it yeah
1: and i suppose it depends for what reason you're doing it if you're Mm. younger it depends also if you're doing it because you're so driven that you know you gotta do this and you gotta sell it and but why you're doing it i think is is part of that as well isn't it yeah. whereas it, when you're older you might be doing it because you enjoy it with the hope that it might lead to something
0: yeah exactly and you have more life experience so you've got something to say i'm not saying that you don't have anything to say when you're <laughs> when you're young but when you're in your late teens and your early 20s you know art can be fueled yeah by I don't know, passion or rage. I mean, basically, you're just one big hormone with shoes on, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> That's <how> you were. <laughs> what do you mean? I still am. <laughs> you're like listless, aren't you? <laughs> but you know, as you get older, you're you're more able to put those you know emotions into some kind of a context. I think you s- you still remember all of that stuff, but you've you've developed a bit of perspective, and you can see things with more clarity. And you're not you're not just seeing things through a hazy fog of testosterone if you're a man or estrogen or I don't know I don't I'm not a biologist but you know what I mean it's just like (laughs) this haze of hormonal you know ups and downs and you know we tend to mellow as we get older and we finally think about things more than we act on them. And I think that's a really good thing. That's is, that's is one thing we definitely do. We, we have more thought process before we make decisions. You know, we look before we leap. And, you know, we have memories and experiences to look, to look back on. But we're better equipped, I think, emotionally to articulate them into an art form. Do you know what I mean? Was that yeah, really but, deep? <laughs> um, no, not really. But <laughs> you might have a story
1: to tell as well. Because you know, you've got a like, life experience with behind you you might have things you want to say through your art and there might be more meaning to your work i mean i know for my part when i was at college i wish i knew that i wish i had something to say back then something to say in the form of fine art because yeah. um like when i was at school as you know i was c- painted quite traditionally i was painting cottages and churches and stuff like mm. that so i didn't really have anything to say with those it was just there's something, that's a pretty scene, I'm going to paint it. Yeah. And I get to college and of course they change your views and make you all creative. But I didn't have anything to say through painting. And that only came from, and I don't necessarily think it's just age, but it came down through consistent consistent working, consistent thinking.
0: Yeah. I'll, t- I'll tell you what else as well. I think you're less easily influenced. Do you agree? Yes, you I know, think
1: so. Yeah. Yeah. I think you stand people up for yourself more, don't you?
0: Absolutely. People talk about older people being set in their ways, and although, you know, that can be a negative thing in some ways, you're less likely to listen to people who try to tell you what you should be doing. And where art is concerned, that's that's an actual blessing, I think, because you know, although it's always a good thing to be open to new ideas and try new things, obviously, but you also want to be true to yourself and allow yourself to develop your own style without being overly influenced by what the current trend is so you know if I'd have listened to everything I was told by my art tutors when I started out I wouldn't be the painter I am now I'd have gone much more towards the abstract painting and to be honest I think I'd have stopped enjoying what I was doing there's nothing like painting something that you know has come solely from you your way your style and better still be confident about it and that's another thing that comes with age you become more confident in your own skin and you're not bothered you're not so bothered what other people think
1: yeah and I think that style can develop quicker as as you're going back to the amount of time you've got I think Mm. time is very much key for developing that style yeah and and also like you say not being influenced where there's not necessarily having gone to art college because when you go to art college there is very much how you say that you're, you're being taught, you're being told what to do. So, you might have certain projects you have to do, those projects might not suit what you like. And while it's good to try these things, it, it does push you in a certain direction, I think. Okay,
0: so another thing is that you are more able to say no. And when you start out, you kind of have this thing, don't you, where somebody asks you if you'll do a commission and you're so delighted that anyone would even think about paying for something you do, you kind of say yes, because you think you need to, and you should. But actually, that is not always the wisest idea, because not everything is suited to you. I mean, I remember um, somebody asking me once to do um, a commission. It was a a church, like a watercolour church they wanted. And, you know, I was not going to do that. (laughs) I was like... I don't like painting landscapes, never have really enjoyed painting landscapes. I like looking at them. I just don't enjoy painting them. So I knew straight away, no, that's not for me. I'm going to hand that over to an artist I know that would be suited to. Um, but And I think that that is because I'm older and I just know what I want to do when you're younger I say you, you take something like that on and you'll stress about it the whole time because you'll be thinking "I, I, I how am I going to do this do you know what I mean sometimes it's good in a way because you learn you can learn uh, by stepping out your comfort zone but I think that's better done in your own time not by commissions because somebody's paying for you for that piece so you'll stress about it so definitely you're more able to say no to commissions um, you know what's right for you and what isn't also um you are more able to say no to freebies, and as much as it is lovely to give away art to friends and family, um, you don't want to get into that thing where. And I'm, sure, I know you've had this Torah, haven't you, with logos and things like that? Oh, that you have, yes. you know, with your when you were doing your um graphic design. You'd get people saying, "Oh, oh, um, can you just can you just knock me up <laughs> and uh, knock me up a, a logo?" And it's like, and and people, you know, would say to me, "Oh, can you just? I just want a little sketch of this. I don't know this house or whatever." And it's like, well, it's and and it'd be just, "Oh, just one of your five minute sketches." It's not that easy. It's not something you can just knock up. And I think when you're not an artist, you do assume that people can just throw something down and it doesn't take any thought or it just you just do it, you know, and that's not how it is. And I think as you do get more experienced and more and older, perhaps you you can say, oh, actually, no, (laughs) I can't do that for three. If you want to if you want me to do this, I'm going to have to charge you for it. You know? Yeah, I'm, I mean, not, is... not, not, not about your own mother or your sister or whatever like that, but, you, you know, you've got to, your time is actually your money, isn't it? Because if you're working on something for someone else, you're using time that you could actually be earning money, which is basically what we need to, to support ourselves, isn't it? Well, it's almost like
1: asking someone else for their other profession, isn't it? It's like, it's like going to your accountant and say, can you
0: just knock up my accounts for free, please? Or an accountant who is a friend who who you don't pay, but you know they're accountants. So you go, oh, can you just take this home and go through my accounts? Yeah. You wouldn't do that, would you? No. I can see, I mean, okay, if I was a hairdresser, you know, I can see that must be a problem for hairdressers as well because they must be constantly getting people say, Can you cut my hair? But you can tie that in with having a cup of coffee with someone and, Yeah, I'll, I'll trim your hair for you, no problem. But when it's um art I think it's a different thing because it, it, you can't it's not like you can you can't just do that over a cup of coffee with someone can you, do you know well what I mean? still think that's sort of wrong I don't think you should be doing that to the, the poor old hairdresser as no well. <laughs> no no I agree um another thing you have is less fear isn't it things i think worry us less as we get older because we realize the insignificance of the small stuff such as you know wasted paper or a bad drawing and i guess that's because over the years we see some pretty upsetting stuff don't we um and as teenagers and and young adults we just kind of it just goes over our heads but uh, you know after a while we do start absorbing this stuff and and if if we don't see it we still we you know we hear about it so um over time I think those smaller things just seem so trivial so you know screw it up start again if you need to it's not a disaster yeah I think it's
1: that less preciousness isn't it it's like Mm. it is not the end of the world if that drawing doesn't it might be frustrating yeah but it's not the end of the world you can just start another one and also maybe as you get older you can pay yourself a little less I mean there's so much competition when you're younger isn't there yeah, definitely. You know, especially if if you're in an art class or something. I remember being quite competitive with that even. You know, <laughs> you want to do that best drawing or whatever. Um, but now maybe when you get older you can just allow yourself to enjoy the process a little bit more without totally being fixed on the the outcome. I think as well. You
0: you know, when you're younger like you say you're worried about not being as good as someone else. Well that is life. We never there's always going to be someone who can't draw as well as us maybe and there's always going to be someone who can draw better. It's just how it's just a pa- case of how much experience that person's had.
1: But also yeah. that um, person who who doesn't draw as well doesn't draw as well as you so you're the better one. They could be doing better than you. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Actually, I don't actually think sometimes and it matters your level of skill for some things. Definitely I think not. it's just how good you are at getting yourself out there. You know, if you want to make a go of it professionally, I mean, how yeah. good you are at getting yourself out there, how good you are at promoting yourself are not necessary. It's not all about the art.
0: Mm. Yeah, I agree. I think you're more open to trying new things as well. So, you know, life is shorter. So we start to be more daring and less inhibited. Um, We care less about what other people think of us and the things we do. Uh, Take my sketchbook, for example. I used to worry, didn't I, that every sketch should be perfect. I mean, you know, what if someone sees it and thinks I can't draw or if I do it really loosely, they might think I'm no good at what I do. (laughs) you know because perhaps I've done a blind contour contour drawing for fun and they might look at it and go oh my god she can't draw you know but now I get that that is just not the point I love now letting go in my sketchbook and just having fun with it if it doesn't work it doesn't matter and you know I get so much more joy from sketching because of that you know if it works it works or if it doesn't it doesn't so what approach you know I'm just not bothered now who sees it whether it's the good the bad or the ugly I mean because I know what I've done I know what the point of it was it doesn't really matter if they get it or not do you know what I mean
1: yeah it basically you're a bit more thicker skinned aren't you yeah if, if someone does say something it's like oh well you know I think I think also it matters who says it so you're you're thicker skinned um if people you have no, you know, you don't know who they are. What does it matter what they think? Who cares? Um, you become a little bit more confident with yourself, don't you? Comfortable and less bothered by criticism. I mean, mm. well, I think all of us are always bothered by criticism, but it perhaps rolls over you a little bit more because you just mm. think, yeah, well, it's just it's just a drawing. You don't like it? That's fine. Do I care?" Um, I mean, like when I was younger, I would never have done a podcast. And I would never have made those silly YouTube videos that we made, (laughs) you know, for this channel. It's like I would just not have done it because I would have been far too self-conscious for a start putting stuff like that out. But then you start to realise when you get older that you do things like that and people actually kind of admire it or laugh at it in a good way. And it's the same with art, isn't it? They kind of appreciate that you're trying something. It's not just knocking you down for you know if we're doing something that's not the best thing ever
0: yeah no, i i agree no i i think i would never have done a podcast in a million years earlier i mean god when we spoke about doing this one i was absolutely terrified we both were actually weren't we you you had a lot more experience than i had but um, but i'd only interviewed i'd yeah. never
1: i'd never done a chatty kind of podcast no, and no. i thought what have i got to say i've got nothing to say but clearly we've got plenty to say <laughs>
0: Yeah, you never stop. Oh, no. <laughs> Actually you're the one that always accuses me of that. So <laughs> oh, no. I'm quite bad as well. Um, I think as you get older as well, you you get you're more interested, aren't you, in joining groups and making new collections as well. Did I just say collections? I meant connections, obviously. Okay. Aside from having more time to do it, we also um, have more of the confidence we need to meet and make new friends that we might not have done when we were younger. So Some people as they get older might perhaps be widowed and so finding your tribe becomes more important to you. Um, Lots of our people in our Facebook group actually, they form great connections with other people in the group and I know that some of them have even met in the flesh and that's something I think younger people are less likely to do because they just feel um, more comfortable with the people they're already familiar with. You know, it's scary meeting new people, isn't it? I mean, what if they don't like me, that sort of thing.
1: I actually really like. I would. It is like how you say. Like when I was when I was younger, thought of say going to a meetup and knowing nobody would be like, oh my god. Mm. But now the thought of, I mean, I've been to some meetups where you just go and have dinner with a bunch
0: of people, and I quite like that. (laughs) Oh, really? That's interesting. Now I would never have said. I'd never have guessed that of you, Tara. Yeah, I'd have thought the complete opposite that you'd you were comfortable with people you know? N- no. Oh, that's really interesting.
1: I, I've been to a meet-up with just uh, local people, and you just went... It was like um, uh over-18s women's meet-up. And you just went, and you had dinner with a bunch of strangers. Oh, not even art-related, just literally... I know. Just, just go and have dinner with a bunch of strangers. And it's actually really interesting, because you tend to... St- when you when you meet the people you know, you know... You, you get stuck because, like, say, I don't go, I don't work, so I don't meet new people. I don't know about no. you, so no, you're you only right. know who you know, don't yeah. you? Um, unless you go start going out to work or going into a social group or club, you don't get to meet different people. And so those those people you do get to know, say like old school friends and stuff, you've got the same things to talk about as you've taught for years. Whereas yeah. it's quite interesting going to something like that, people you've never met before and had to have dinner like that. Because I'm fine in small groups, I just don't like big groups. And if you sit for dinner, you're, you've got one person sitting next to you and one person across, so you're not, like, trying to address the whole table.
0: Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. See, now, I don't know if I'd have done, if I'd do that, I'm not sure. Really? Mm. although yeah. when I was 20 I think I was about even a holiday on your own. Yeah. yeah I did. I went on holiday. I went to uh, uh, Greece. I think it was Greece yeah it was it was Rhodes. I went to Rhodes on my own for two weeks and it was quite funny because because I was on my own, everyone kept trying to take me under their wing. I was like, I'm absolutely fine. <laughs> <laughs> and what I had to learn to do was the the worst part was going down to um, the restaurant to have dinner. Because it's really, we didn't have mobile phones back then. That was not, they weren't around at all. So all you'd have is, you wouldn't have Kindle, you'd have a book. So I used to take a book down with me and just sit and read it until my, my meal came. And you'd kind of get people just looking as if to say, oh, my God, that girl is on her own. (laughs) She's got nobody. (laughs) And it's almost like you could see that they feel very sorry for me. But actually, I was absolutely fine. And that was a huge confidence booster for me. Because for the first couple of days, I remember laying around the pool and thinking I'm too scared to do anything else and go outside of the resort and then one day I thought no I can't I can't come on holiday on my own and then go home say I I just laid around the port I've got to go and do something so I just decided I would get a cab to the nearest harbour and um, walk along and see what's going on and then I found a boat with an extraordinarily attractive man wearing a (laughs) wetsuit oh (laughs) Uh, Just doing it up he wasn't he was offering scuba diving courses I was like oh that sounds good it was other people on the boat obviously so I asked him how much it was and and, um, so I arranged to go out scuba diving uh, like on a little um, you know introductory dive the next day and that was the first time I ever did scuba diving and um, I, I fell in love with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it was it what I had to know, I had to learn how to my handle myself out there pretty quickly because, you know, imagine a 23 year old girl on their own, typical Shirley Valentine where hotel manager sees you on your own and thinks, oh, you know, I'll show her around the town. It was very yeah. much like, oh, hang on a minute. <laughs> so I had to have my wits about me. But um, it was still something that as an early age, I think it did me a huge favour because before then, I, didn't, I wouldn't have even walked into a McDonald's on my own to get a McDonald's, let alone go in a restaurant. Now, I, I wouldn't have a problem at all. It just wouldn't See, I,
1: I do hate that. I hate I would rather go and have dinner with a bunch of strangers who are all meeting yeah. up for a meet than I would go and sit on my own.
0: It's weird, isn't it? Yeah, but I, I know when we arranged our meeting, didn't we? Our first meeting in the flesh. I think we'd known each other for about a year. We'd been chatting away and uh, talking on the phone and stuff like that. But we are uh, well, we didn't actually arrange it, did we? It was kind of thrown on me. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I knew suddenly about it. you arrived. Yeah. It was all, all you know, it was a big surprise, which was great. And um, but you know, if if that had been an arranged thing. In my early 20s, I'd have been torturing myself thinking, oh, my God, what if she doesn't like me? What if we run out of conversation? <laughs> and, and no matter how well it went, I'd still be thinking of everything I said that might have sounded stupid, you know? <laughs> Whereas when you're old, you don't care about that stuff you, because you're like, well, I am who I am and, and that's okay. You know, unless you're a murderer or something, that's definitely not okay. But if you're a generally nice person and, and you try to be a good person... Um, it doesn't matter. It's fine. You know? I don't know where we've got to. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Have you lost your mind? Uh, yes, probably. I know where we've got to. Yeah. I was, uh, was going to say that also art is good for our physical and mental health. I'm not quite sure why it's good for our physical health unless we're throwing ourselves around and jumping the canvases. <laughs> but you wrote that bit. So oh, t- can
0: I just explain
1: that bit yeah, then? Yeah, okay.
0: Well, the reason I think it's good for our physical health is because if it's good for your mental health, then it lowers the stress, doesn't it? So oh, and, like and blood st-
1: pressure and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, and stress. Yeah.
0: When, you ha- when you're anxious or a stressed person, it can have an h- enormous effect on our physical health. So if, if you can get rid of that part of it, then yeah. that's why. But and anyway. also, if you, if you do throw yourself at a
1: canvas a bit, that that does get you yeah. moving as well, doesn't it? Yeah. So can you imagine me throwing myself at a canvas? <laughs> yeah, I can actually. With my tiny paintbrush. <laughs> <laughs> uh, throwing your marbles on there as well.
0: Yeah.
1: And also, doing and learning new things, that keeps your mind active as well. It's like people sitting and doing Sudoku, isn't it? On all those number mm. and letter sort of quizzes. And that lowers your stress level as well, especially if you're not pressured about the outcome. And don't have a bit of a paddy if you do a bad one like I do sometimes.
0: <laughs> but we have messages, don't we, from people in our group that have said, you know, they've it's helped them f- through their depression, that kind of thing. Yeah. So um, I definitely do think it works for that. And you do, when you sit down
1: to draw, it does, if you're engrossed in it, you do sort of
0: lose time, don't you? So you're obviously in the moment. Yeah. If you have a lot of stress going on around you and you're in a stressful environment or you have a stressful day at work, um, when you're drawing, uh, uh, going back to quickly scuba diving, scuba diving and drawing are the two things I can do, or painting, where I cannot think think of anything else. My mind is solely on what I'm doing. And yes, it wanders, but it wanders in a good way. It doesn't, uh, the stress just goes. It's really strange, whereas I can read a book, like a novel, and I can still halfway through um, realise I've just created my shopping list in my head. Yeah, I can read a book and I get
1: ideas as I'm going through the book. It's a nightmare sometimes.
0: (laughs) Oh, no, you and your ideas. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Tara's got another idea. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. I'll tell you what else it does as well. I think it gives us a sense of purpose. Um, Yeah. I cannot tell you how sad it makes me feel when I hear an older person say that they feel like they've lost their sense of purpose. Um, I've even heard someone say that they feel like they're a waste of breathing space. And I think no. that's probably the most negative statement I've, I think I've ever heard. It, I could almost feel myself welling up when I heard it. It was awful. Um I think sometimes that comes with when your kids have left home or your grandchildren have grown up or you've retired and you no longer have a job. So some people just need to feel needed. And I know a lot of people personally who are like that and they really do need to feel needed. I must say I'm the complete opposite to that i've never felt the need to be needed before in fact the less i'm needed the more time i can <laughs> just spend doing what i want to do and paint when no one else needs me you know i need me I, you know I'm, I'm free to do what i want to do and, and i'm absolutely fine with that um but i think people who have some form of creativity in their lives um are too busy to cre- you know creating to feel anything other than fulfilled they they fill their time doing something they love to do and it doesn't matter if they're selling or whether it's just a hobby um, I don't mean just a hobby I think it's important I think it, it gives a sense of purpose it gives you reason to get up early you can't wait to get out your paints or your clay or your camera or whatever creative thing it is you like to do yeah and that
1: purpose that you're saying I think also comes from how you were saying it's the social aspect yeah. A lot of people, when you're older, you might do art in a group, and I know I know there's things around here where people get together, and well, not at the moment, but they get together and they paint together. So not only have you got the sense of purpose from the actual painting, but you've also got those new friends and that kind of support network as well, haven't you?
0: Yeah, I honestly think the most important thing anyone should have in their lives is an interest or a hobby outside of their family or their friends just do just something they love to do and I think then you you will always have a purpose and you know so an art is a great one for that
1: well should we move on to a question that we had
0: last time and yeah and I can't even remember what that was that so was
1: <laughs> has a real life situation ever inspired your work and you're kicking off with those
0: Okay, so Gabriella Pop, she says yes, indeed. Here in Germany, most people were hoarding toilet paper during the lockdowns. This was inspiration for a new mini me, <laughs> and they're they're little tiny pictures of Gabriella
1: that she'd put in different places, wouldn't she? And she'd take photos of them.
0: I know they were brilliant, they're
1: so cute. And then I've got Sue Watson. She says I did a short series of collages expressing how I feel about my situation being my daughter's carer. And they were very unlike her usual work. I found it quite cathartic and I've been posting them on the mobilised Facebook page, which is for carers. And I've been pleased that they seem to speak to others who feel the same way. I didn't do in them caring about the result, just about expressing myself. But I was surprised how strong and powerful
0: some of the images are. And I've got Val Tomic. I especially began my artist's life a year ago after the murder of George Floyd during the many protests I was seeing on the TV. I could not participate fully because of COVID, but still wanted to help. I recognised also that resources in the communities impacted most by events would probably be the most impactful. I started making art with social justice themes. I ended up donating the money that was raised to organisations with their roots in communities like Minneapolis, Detroit and Inkster. Organizations that would know where that money was needed to have an impact. Here I am a year later and I can't believe all that's happened and all I've done. I've made over 300 pieces of art. I've had some amazing opportunities, made some great new friends and I now make and sell art regularly. I even made art that ended up in the hands of I can't pronounce Pulitzer, it. A Pulitzer. 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 Prize winning playwright and a Grammy winning music musician. Oh, wow. That is wow. an incredible
1: story. That is an amazing
0: year. Yeah. yeah. Wow.
1: I've got Rusilla Moodley and she says, Healing
0: my inner child inspired a series of poems and
1: paintings.
0: And I have Andy W. Art, real life often seeps into my cartooning. I do sometimes let it appear into my more serious work. I did this one to cheer myself up when I quit a well-paid but horrible and stressful job. I presume he must have actually put a picture of what that was on that comment. Yes, I apologise. I should have posted it there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I've got Sophie Code and she says, I started hug sculptures a year ago to send to friends and family that we couldn't see or hug because of the pandemic. They started out as air dry clay and progressed. Now I have the mould I use to produce them. I send them to ICU teams and nurses. Cannot wait to hug again. Now, I'm not with you there, Sophie, because I've actually liked the non-hugging rule.
0: Yeah, you're not into hugging, are you? No, and it's, It just makes me all the more determined whenever I <laughs> see you to wrap my arms around you and, and mm. hug you really tight mm. and give you a bear hug. And I'm only really doing it now to annoy you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You can't wait for us to meet again, can you? Can't wait, yeah. (laughs) Michael Beckett, he says, I am fortunate to live near the Rocky Mountains and nothing puts things into perspective like a road trip through the Rockies. Weekend trips to the zoo are another source of inspiration. I make art to relax and my subjects usually reflect that. I can't do those things often anymore due to health issues, but I'll probably never run out of photos I've taken for references. I do like cartooning sometimes where real life issues will show up as a subject matter, but generally dealing with society ails in my art is just too exhausting for me. Do you know what? He's talking about these um cartoons and a couple of people, two or three people have referred to cartooning being, you know, almost... Uh, do it, outlet know. isn't it yeah and I suppose I get that with Felicity Fizz sometimes yeah although definitely. I don't drink as much as she does anywhere near the amount of she does but there are some things I do and I'm like you know nobody actually knows if this is me or not but I do
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's also a way it's almost like a release
0: isn't it it's um yeah take that horrible situation and make kind of fun of it almost yeah definitely just want to mention as well you know uh, a couple of people have mentioned the pandemic yeah um inspiring some of their work i wonder in years to come whether they'll be you know like you get um art that is war related
1: oh yes yeah
0: i wonder if in years to come like 30 40 50 years to come there'll be an art exhibition solely on um art inspired by the covid pandemic
1: maybe Mm. I tell you what would be really nice is I've saw I've seen like films and documentaries about the pandemic, but it it's it always has the majority of it is depressing, and they'll have like ten minutes at the end that's like the positive stuff. Yeah, you know, like the clapping for carers and stuff. Mm. Now, wouldn't it be nice if they did a documentary of the good things that have come out of the pandemic?
0: Yeah, yeah, because and it there just, has been a host yeah. of them
1: yeah I mean like the 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 woman Val Tomic who was talking about how she did her art that made such an impact and how she now makes and sells art regularly. I mean, what a great story. And
0: all those things could be really good, couldn't they? Oh, absolutely, yeah, you are right. I think it's people worry about trying to put a positive spin on something where thousands and thousands of people have died, and it's very hard because obviously you can never forget that, but you have to sometimes you have to. You have to think, okay, what about the other stuff? Because otherwise you'd just be depressed all the time, wouldn't you? Yeah, just a bit of balance, I think, would be yeah, nice. Definitely.
1: I've got Rick Fravor, and he says, Yes, one time when I was in a very sad and angry mood, I painted this image of a storm out on the ocean with no shore in sight, as if I was on a ship doomed to sink in the midst of a powerful stume.
0: Stume? storm. <laughs> storm, Storm? <laughs> <laughs> it's now my most treasured piece. Oh, Amazing. I've got Margaret Gray. Years ago, when my kids were little, myself, my sister and her three kids and our hobbies went to Algonquin Park and camped. My little dog was a pup and one day we went on a hike up a mountain. Bijou ran straight up, so full of energy, and we followed along, me grumbling about my sister always dragging me up mountains. At the top was this amazing view Sometime later, I painted it. My little pup died last year at 17. Wow, that's an old age for a dog, isn't it? It's great, yeah. Our kids are all grown up and my sister now lives six hours away from me. So I'm really glad I have that painting to remind me of that wonderful day.
1: Oh, that's nice.
0: Yeah. I've got Jutta Mueller. I hope I said that right. Of course, I sketch in my visual diary. And we have a brand new question for you, which is, what is your own personal most extreme example of procrastination? So what's yours, Tara? I didn't prepare one. I've just realised you were going to ask me. (laughs) What is your own personal most extreme example of procrastination? I don't
1: know if it's an extreme example of procrastination, but I have been playing that project that I keep telling you about that I've got the idea for and I still haven't done it. Mm. So that keeps getting put. Back and back and back. I guess you know what you need. What well, a challenge!
0: You, no, you, you need a kick <laughs> need in a your puppy. creatives. <laughs> you need a kick in the creatives.
1: Uh, I need a puppy sitter. That's what yeah, you do. <laughs> you do. Uh, yeah. No, I, I keep thinking. Oh, maybe I'll start that. Maybe I'll do that for the July portraits. So yeah, yeah I've got a few other things I want to finish. That's trouble.
0: Yeah. How about you? Anyway. Um. I guess. I guess going. I've mentioned this. Before, you know, when I started sketching, very first started sketching, and I was scared to spoil the pages. Yeah. In my first sketchbook. Six yeah. months. It literally yeah. took six months to, to, to actually spoil my first page. And I did spoil it as well. It was awful. <laughs> but it, it took that beginning to get on to now where I love sketching.
1: It is bizarre, isn't it? How, mm. I mean, some, some of the reason I'm not doing my project, I, I'm sure, is because in my head, I've built it up to be this great thing, you know. But
0: you when you did your 60-day challenge, Find yeah. Your Art Style a ch- uh, Challenge, with if yeah. anyone hasn't heard of that, look on YouTube type in find your art style challenge a 60 day challenge and um you literally set yourself a challenge didn't you to video your progress every day of how you solely found your art style yeah and what you did to achieve that which you did achieve that but I seem to remember you saying exactly the same thing you procrastinated on that for a while and you were saying I'm worried that I've built this up and it won't work yeah it's not just it's not just it I guess it's just so much work, isn't it? Mm,
1: if yeah. you are documenting it, it's so much work. And I'm probably looking back at that one thinking, oh my God, that was so much work. Yeah, Because it's not actually that much work just doing the challenge, but it is when you document it as yeah, well. Yeah,
0: definitely. God, so, so much went into that, didn't it? Yeah. So yeah, it amazing. You know, I am still thinking about it because I, I, I want to do
1: something. This is what I'm thinking. I want to do something where I experiment with different ways of making up abstract faces. Yeah. So it won't just be using my existing style. I want to push from that. So yeah. there may be elements of that coming into it, mm. but I want to I want to push push away and in different directions and and, and just see what happens. Really.
0: Yeah. Anyway, right.
1: as always, you can tweet us your answers at Kick Creatives or let us know in the Facebook group, which if you haven't already joined, I would suggest you do. We put the question up there and also on the Facebook page and of course on our Instagram,
0: which is kicking the creatives. And we hope that gave you the kick in the creatives that you needed. And don't forget to pop over to our website at kickinthecreatives.com to find out how you can take part in some of our upcoming challenges. And, of course, there you can also subscribe to the podcast. So you never miss an episode. And if you're enjoying the podcast, we'd be really, really grateful if you would leave us a little review on iTunes or even just a star rating if you don't have much time. And if you do leave a review, we'll read it out as long as it's good. (laughs) We won't read out any horrible ones.
1: (laughs) And if you're looking to learn how to use Colors, which are uh, wax pastels, we've got a course and you can find that by going to kickinthecreatives.com forward slash Um, I think
0: that's about it. Apart from yeah, check out our YouTube channel as well. Is, is that everything? Yeah. Don't forget, if you do enjoy what we do and you'd like to help support us here at Kicking the Creatives, you can now do so by buying us our coffee and you can find the ko link on our website so that's it we will see you next time see ya bye thank you so much for listening we hope you enjoyed the episode and if you did perhaps you'd like to share it and leave a review for us on itunes back soon okay i should stop saying that every time i um Every time I go to edit this podcast, the first thing I hear is "Okay." Okay. <laughs> Welcome to today's episode, and today we're going to talk about the benefits of starting your art journey later in life. But before we get onto that, we want to say oh, I a bit. record. Oh, <laughs> are you joking? I <laughs> you didn't say it either. Sorry. I, I suppose because we were doing it on the other thing. Yeah. Exactly. I'm never going to be able to top that now, sorry.